Today, we have a case study on an intervention to address equipment reliability and malfunctions in a chemical synthesis plant that were causing an agrochemicals manufacturer to miss customer delivery commitments. The business is highly seasonal due to specific crop growing windows that farmers have to meet to maximize production. Miss the window, you miss the sale. Those misses generated losses to customers in the hundreds of millions of dollars and also caused the manufacturer to have to pay reparatory fines also in the millions of dollars. They were in crisis mode. They were missing shipments and it was damaging their relationship with their biggest client. If a piece of equipment fails three times in 90 days, the average between failure is going to be 30 days. They were failing anywhere from every three months to every 20 days. We found that three of the 10 top bot actors had caused the plant to shut down for multiple days in the last quarter. Through a concentrated, well-orchestrated and swift intervention, we will share how they were able to get the client back to fulfilling commitments to their customers by minimizing frequent costly failures in critical pieces of equipment and started the journey to build an efficient and effective equipment reliability program. Welcome to Change and Sustain, the podcast where we take you on a journey of organizational transformation, exploring the power of people, processes, systems, and technology. Starting in Q2 of the fiscal year, our client started missing production schedules to its biggest customers, putting a lot of strain in relationships. These gaps were due to frequent devastating failures to equipment in several production lines. The business is highly seasonal due to specific crop growing windows that farmers have to meet to maximize production. Miss the window, you miss the sale. After unsuccessful attempts to solve the issues during Q3, we were contacted in Q4 to provide support in solving the issues. Leading the charge on this engagement was our colleague Victor Ruiz, whose team harnessed people, processes, and systems to address the crisis. Could you share with us the initial scope of the challenge and how our team approached it? This engagement was laser focused on equipment failures. They were in crisis mode. They were missing shipments and it was damaging their relationship actually with their biggest client. Yeah, stressful um, time for them, no doubt. Very much. And for us as well, as soon as we, we came in, first we looked at the bad actors or problem children, you know, the machines that break down too much. Mm -hmm. We assessed equipment criticality assessment process and gauge the root cause analysis discipline of the operation. Basically, we're looking at pieces of equipment that fail a lot, that need a lot of attention. In the X period of time, how many times did this piece of equipment fail? And we found that actually three of the 10 top bot actors had caused the plant to shut down for multiple days in the last quarter. Now, that's a big red flag, right? That, that's a, that was a huge symptom. Among those 10 bad actors, the meantime between failure for, for those that are not familiar is, what is the average time this piece of equipment takes to fail? If a piece of equipment fails three times in 90 days, for example, the average between failure is going to be 30 days. 
we had them failing anywhere from every three months to even every 20 days. These pieces of equipment had preventive maintenance routines, but it was just do the routine. Don't don't tweak it. Don't see what kind of results it's having. Put in the differentiation. Just fix it. Put the fire out and let's keep going. That's a pretty common thing, really. Get it back into service and let's not worry about what went wrong, why it went wrong, and what we can do to stop that happening again. You know, unfortunately, with the pace, sort of the environment just pushes you to it. Just get on to the next emergency. Good, strong performing companies take the time to wait. Let's make an investment. Let's assign the resource and give them the time to figure out why is this happening so much. And that will help us have less emergencies to worry about. Yeah, it's a Uh, short-term loss, but it's a long-term gain. Correct. Uh, The other thing is they didn't have a care strategy sort of set. They didn't have a, a set of rules that said, when a piece of equipment is the most critical, we're gonna do these things to do it. For example, the lowest criticality, the recommendation is run to failure. You know, because it's the lowest criticality, if it fails, nothing is gonna really happen in an emergency. You know, just let it run to failure. It's okay, you're not gonna lose anything, right? So we have a client with a very real, very immediate problem, and we conduct an analysis and we find all of these things that seem to us to be directly impacting that issue. What did we go do to change that situation? We had a series of workshops very focused on the failures of the top bad actors. Actions were flagged by a multidisciplinary team, you know, production, maintenance, engineering, and assigned to the correct person to address them. You got production, engineering, and maintenance working together. That was one of the key things, right? They were all doing their job. Procurement was doing their job, but there was a general sort of not communicating on the key points. And that's, well, you know, I, you know, I see your smile and that's something that unfortunately happens more often than we would like, right? Absolutely. Uh, so it's a pretty common problem, right? Yeah. This is like baseball or this is like basketball. I know nothing about either of those two subjects, Victor. I'll put it to you this way. In basketball, if you hit 50% of your shots, if you hit half of them, you're doing pretty good. Mm -hmm. The thing about root cause analysis is, is not only looking for the solution, but the thing is just try the solution. Maybe we'll fail, but the thing is, okay, that wasn't it. We need to continue the root cause. There needs to be a tenacity to keep at it, you know, have the loop, the the information loop. Best case scenario, you're going to hit on half of the time of uh, on the first time, but you know what? That's, that's pretty good. But the biggest Mm -hmm. thing is stay with it, stay with it and, and follow up. Don't just assume that because you told them to do it, it it is done. No, follow up, see, see what effect it had. The lessons you can learn are, are huge. It's not, a, it's not a single fix. It's a process. It is a process. And then control the process, right? Keep it on track. Check on it. We also trained the workforce on root cause analysis. One of the things we did is just help them put in a little format to align that conversation between two people. We help them establish triggers to help drive this in the culture. If a person gets injured, 
that requires a big root cause analysis. It's a major issue. But if it's something where we might lose 1% of the production, we definitely want to address it, but it's not as important. We set with them triggers to set expectations as to when and sort of which level of root cause analysis needed to be applied. So you can vary your response depending on the, the criticality of the issue. That is spot on. Then we review the existing preventive and predictive and condition-based monitoring maintenance for the top 10 critical assets. On the longer term things, to help this never happen again, we help the client rejiggle or redo their criticality assessment process. We help them set criteria and to establish set care strategies for each asset. They ended up with four levels of criticality. And to, to give yeah. everybody an example, a criticality, the highest criticality, all the pieces of equipment from now on would need to have a failure mode effect analysis done on them before, and based on that, set the preventive and predictive and condition-based monitoring and maintenance routines. Where the Ds were going to be run to failure. You don't do absolutely anything to them. And then th there were other things you did for B or C. So that's to give everybody a flavor of, of differentiating. We finished the critical equipment evaluation and we trained them on use of failure mode effect analysis of MEAs. How, how do you prepare for them? How do you perform them? And then how do you follow up on them? We actually did an SMEA on one asset with them, the most critical asset to help them learn that tool. And we also helped them establish a system to track and drive bad actor review on every quarter. So this exercise we did to address the, the crisis with them, we helped them sort of institutionalize it. They set up a system where every quarter they would do the analysis, look for the pieces of equipment that were failing the most, single those out, do a root cause, establish actions to correct. Okay, so you talked about lots of specific tools and techniques that were implemented, lots of specific things to address specific issues. I'm assuming we could tie that all together with a sort of gross level system. Is that correct? Yeah, always, right? The focus here was very much given the status of the site or the organization. The focus was on the daily, you know, tie the daily operation. And we helped them establish sort of daily elements of a management operating system. We focused them on managing by key performance indicators, KPIs, and just focus on how well or bad they were done. Don't focus on the problems, focus on the performance, and then focus on the problems that drove that performance. Then also to have communications, again, to have a, a check of their daily schedule, come to an agreement, have production and maintenance talking about what needed to be done, and have a feedback loop as to how certain work had been done. So in that management system, I'm assuming it, you talk about daily elements, there's things like, you know, for instance, toolbox meetings, it's the, you know, daily review meetings, those kinds of things, which all need to be put in place. Then you've got weekly elements and maybe a weekly management review to see how we're, how we're doing. And then monthly, perhaps something longer term where we look at long-term downtime trends and how we can address them through FMEA and all those things that you've mentioned. Is that, is that correct? 
correct. That should be the long-term trend. The focus was very much on setting up the sort of foundation, the daily part of it. The thing about having these tools ingrained is to have enough repetition to get it ingrained in the culture, to get it to be understood and then employed by the operators and the supervisors, the frontline leaders. So the outcomes from all of that, the, the bit that always gets us excited is, okay, we did all this stuff and the client did all this stuff. What was the outcome at the end of all that stuff, Victor? What did we get? Pretty amazing and quick, which was important, as I mentioned, we were called in mm-hmm. Q4. Mm-hmm. Uh, by Q1 of the next year, there were already significant improvement in the number of failures among the bad actors. On average, those 10 bad actors were failing three times every week. By Q1, we were down to no failures on a weekly basis. The failures on those 10 species of queens were eliminated. But sort of bigger than that, the mean time between failure among the bad actors went from that mode of 30 days that I mentioned to well over 100 days. And the reason I say well over 100 days is because we left and the piece of equipment still hadn't failed, thankfully. So, you know, the level of uh, stress uh, shifted into sort of uh, less critical, less crisis mode and more sort of long-term building for the company. By the time we left, the operators, the frontline leaders had reports on 200 root cause analysis that they had done. This is huge because these 200 records became part of sort of the institutional knowledge. We've talked in the past in, I think in episode three about tribal knowledge. That's the way you help prevent it from leaving. These root cause analysis were, you know, they were done by hand. They were then sort of digitalized and they were kept in a folder. And granted, some people don't write in a very understandable way. They were still there and people could refer to them. And there was a nomenclature so that to know that Uh, that particular root cause analysis had applied to this failure in this type of equipment or in this quality problem in this process kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. Most importantly, the missed shipments stopped. They got back on track. They they stopped. Uh, So yes, they, and obviously, like I said, that situation that they had with their most important uh, client was solved in the sense that the relationship got back on track, right? Rather than having discussions about the crisis, they were able to talk about their long-term shared future. Throughout my career, I know how difficult it is to move a metric like mean time between failure. It's not just going out and adjusting a greasing routine. It's not just going and tightening some bolts. To move mean time between failure, you have to fundamentally change the way a piece of equipment is maintained and operated for a long time. So congratulations for that, sir. And and I'm sure from the client's perspective, eliminating misshipments must have been a huge relief for the folks running that business. For sure. You even felt it in the conversations how the the tone was different. One of the things that I must say that was a critical success factor, and it's been mentioned before in the podcast, is the executives, the senior executives didn't just give orders and disengage. Every five weeks, there was 
a sort of discussion presentation. We call them milestones, where uh-huh. they had direct conversations with the people in the show floor, driving the change, challenging them, giving them direction. Also, resources were needed. There was a glass-lined reactor that was one of the bad actors in a critical piece of equipment. Well, they helped the team get in contact with a great expert in this material that gave him guidance on how to solve this. So I must say that that's another critical thing to always having these change initiatives and a critical success factor in this engagement. It's clear this was a profound impact on the client. The results speak for themselves. I mean, they reversed the situation that where they were losing millions of dollars in sales, risking having to pay fines in the seven figures. Wow. These outcomes, I think, Victor, are a testament to the dedication and collaboration between our team and the client. I would say it goes even further than that. The process, the changes in the process, the systems we put in place, and then the habits that they developed that we helped them implement were so well ad- adopted by the client the employees, they immediately took it to other sites. They were at other plants in their manufacturing footprint. They took the individuals that had become sort of subject matter experts on this and helped them help their colleagues and peers use this where appropriate, where, where they needed to fix the situations around the equipment reliability. This serves as a reminder that critical moments, having well-defined processes and systems used by people that know how to use them is a source of solutions. It's a testament to the power of people, process, systems, and technology working together. Thank you, Victor, for sharing your expertise and shedding light on this remarkable journey of transformation. And thank you to our listeners for joining us on this episode of Change and Sustain. Hit the subscribe button to be alerted for more stories of organizational change and insights into driving sustainable success.